Hello, guys, and welcome back to another episode of Burley Love in the District. Tristan here along with Jacob. And Jacob, you want to tell them what we're going to get into? Yeah, so NFL free agency is continuing to be in full swing. There's been some big things that have happened over the past week since we last spoke to you. Um, and the NHL, the trade deadline just passed and a boatload of deals went through um, around the around the deadline time. And finally, at MLB, it's spring training season, so we have something to talk about when it comes to baseball. So let's get right into it. All right, so... I'm basically just going to do what we did last time. There's a couple bigger things to talk about, though. Like, uh, so a certain wide Stafford, receiver. Well, yeah, we'll, we'll get there. But, uh, did you see Matthew Stafford got re signed by the Rams? I did see and that. He got paid. I, I'm going to look up his, uh, contract, but yeah, he's making hella money now. But I'm, I'm glad to see that they, what, I'm glad to see that they re-signed him because he still is a decent quarterback. Uh, it's four years, 160 mil, including a 60 mil signing bonus. Uh, oh, so it says here contract six years, 72 mil. Yeah, and considering oh, like, that, like the um, people he has around him in that offense, he may be able to really um, keep it up for a lot longer. Oh, okay. Here we go. So yeah, the. The latest, the latest one was four years, 160 mil. For some reason, I saw something under that saying six years, 72 mil. Uh, signing bonus is 60 mil, so his average salary is 40 million dollars a year, which is absurd. Uh, so yeah, he got paid a lot, and like you said, they uh, there's a with the people they have around him, he can still produce, no doubt. Yeah, and, um... but with him getting re-signed. Something that's not really in his favor is uh, Robert Woods got traded to the Titans for a six-round pick. That's, that's yeah, that's kind of a steal on the Titans' part. As long yeah. as Robert Woods can perform, and considering the Titans just released Julio Jones, that's big for them. That's a really big upgrade. He's twenty-nine years years of age, uh, so yeah, he's still he's still got some time left in him a little, but. Yeah, he's it's now just Cooper Cup and Allen Robinson. I say just like that's not an insane yeah, oh, record. Boo hoo. Both of our teams would love to have that. Yeah, that that's I'd love to just have one of those. Give me Cooper yeah. Cup and then the rest of Aaron Rodgers receiving core, and I'll be happy. I just want Washington to sign McLaurin to an extension. Just do that. Uh then another big quarterback trade went through since this year. Deshaun Watson Agents. to the Browns. That actually wasn't the one that I was referencing. Deshaun Watson to the Browns was a big one. Did you? Matt Ryan to the Colts. Yeah, Matt Ryan to the Colts was the one that I was going to get to next. I did uh, not expect that to happen. I really did not see it coming. Yeah, neither did I. Like I, I could. It makes sense though because the Colts. Did you see the Colts have had? Five, I think it's five different starters in the last six years. They had Andrew Luck, some backup. Uh, I don't remember his name. Jacoby Brissett. No. Uh, and then they had Andrew Luck again, and then Jacoby Brissett, then Philip Rivers, and Carson Wentz. So it's actually it's going to be 
it's it was six different starting quarterbacks since 2016. They haven't been able to find the guy since Andrew Luck retired. Was it 2014? It, yeah, it it's been an issue for him, and they keep on they keep on going for old old quarterbacks. So that's kind of a weird way to look at it. Like maybe they they might have found something in um, Matt Ryan, like the Lions did, or Rams did with Matthew Stafford, where he's not bad. He just hasn't had. He just hasn't been in a good system, so maybe that's good for them, but we'll see how that works out. I think it'll end up being a better Phil Rivers kind of situation where I think they'll be a playoff team. I don't know their division too well. Their division is the Colts, the Texans, the Jaguars, and the Titans. Um, They could easily get second. Um, If yeah. Derrick Henry gets hurt again, they – they'll be really favored to win that division, but I think Derrick Henry will be able to stay healthy and that team is just, I think it's a lot better than the Colts, but yeah, it should be interesting. That's, that's one quarterback. I, when they didn't get to Sean Watson, I wasn't expecting Matt Ryan to get traded. And then the Falcons replaced him with Marcus Mariota. So yeah, that should be interesting adding a mobile quarterback to that system. And hopefully Kyle Pitts can take a step up like they, they would. I know we said this last season, like, did you see last season where they were looking at it and it was like Calvin Ridley, Kyle Pitts, uh, Matt Ryan, like they were looking at the offense and they're like, who's going to stop this offense. But I mean, like, it's still not bad because Cordero Patterson had a breakout season this past season. Marcus Mariota still has a little bit to prove as he hasn't done much at quarterback lately. But, is it uh, Calvin Ridley banned for a year now? Yeah. Calvin Ridley's gone, but Kyle Pitts is still a monster. Well, so in I, theory, I don't he's think, a monster. I don't think they're going to be – obviously, they're not going to be great. I still think they're they're still going to be a little bit interesting. Um, yeah, I think they're going to be a high-scoring team, but their defense is terrible, so they're really going to have to try and yeah. outscore teams. The uh, – then, like you said, the Falcons signed Marcus Mariota, and then let's talk about the – Deshaun Watson trade. I didn't see the the details of the trade. I'm pretty sure Baker Mayfield may have been in that trade. He wasn't. I don't he wasn't? Think, no, I think it was just draft picks. Uh, well, I Texans, know he – I know Deshaun Watson. Here, Texans are – picks. I know Watson signed a five-year extension shortly after he was traded there. Yeah. Texans received three first round picks, 22, 23, 24, one third round pick in 23 and two fourth round picks in 22 and 24. And then the Browns received Deshaun Watson in 2024, sixth round pick. Well, they're going to have to do something with Baker Mayfield because his deal um, this season, he's his cap hits 18 million. Uh. They might just have to eat it in the shorts this year because he's in you because he's a UFA next year. So um it'll probably make the most sense just to keep him for this year and then not re-sign him next year. I think someone's gonna try to trade for him this season. I mean, this I don't this think so. Has been, I, the quarterback situation this season is terrible. Yeah, but who who is left that really needs a quarterback? Um, hang on. Let's see. 
So Steelers got Mitch Trubisky. They have that weird three-headed quarterback room. Well, I mean, the Texans still need a quarterback. They might. They'll try and draft one. They'll draft one. I think that's what will happen. Because if it's not included, I don't see them getting one. I guess. I guess you're right. Uh, The Seahawks need a quarterback. They. I think they'll try and draft one as well because they have a somewhat high draft pick. But like I said, there's no there's no starting quarterbacks in this. uh, in this draft. Yeah, Not but it still draft. won't stop teams from reaching. The the Saints are set because they just re-signed Jameis Winston, who actually had a decent season. Yeah, they were really good with him, but when he was out, they really struggled. Yeah. Uh so the Panthers still need a quarterback. I'd go as far to say that the Giants need a quarterback, but I think they're gonna draft one. They're definitely a team that are well, that'll didn't draft they sign Tyrod Taylor. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. I still think they could draft one. Uh, they, they need a lot of things to fill out. They may try and trade um, Saquon for some picks, but I don't think they'll try and parlay it for a quarterback. Yeah, so I'd say the, there's really only two teams that need a quarterback, and that's the Seahawks and the Panthers. And I, I have a feeling that they're going to look towards that in the draft because Kenny Pickett's pro day was – Really great, even though they say he has small hands. Malik Willis, people are showing interest for. So there's, we'll see come draft time. I, I saw something that was really interesting, but actually made a lot of sense. Everyone always says how someone's pro day was amazing. Has anyone ever had a bad pro day? Like, yeah, um, you're, I th- you're I saw the, I, no one else there. It's like, I saw the tweet. I don't remember who tweeted this out, but I saw on Instagram. It's like, why are you guys getting all hyped about um, pro days? Wow. And then he said, wow, they can throw a ball or something like yeah, that. But exactly. I think like, you know I, what you're referring to. I, I see, I see what he's saying. Like, th- there really is nothing to a pro day because they already went to the, they already went to the combine. So they know their 40s. They know all their measurables and everything. They have all that down. So, I mean, really, there really is nothing to a pro day. Like, they throw a couple deep balls, and that's kind of really it. So, I, I see what he's saying there. Where I heard a lot of coaches were asking about his hands because apparently they're a lot smaller, smaller than your average quarterback. But when it comes down to it, he has a good size and he has a seemingly strong arm. So maybe I think the best situation for pretty much every quarterback in this draft is to do an Aaron Rodgers. So sit behind a starter. Um, do what Jordan Love's doing right now. <laughs> do that. Uh so he's been sitting behind a starter for a couple of years now. That might be the most useless first round pick in recent memory. Well, I'm sure they probably thought that when they had Favre, but it we'll see in the future. But right now it's looking a little pointless. Uh, something that's on the lower end is the Buccaneers are re-signing Leonard Fournette. He found a new home in Tampa. He's He played well last season. Another one that kind of goes under the radar is uh, the Vikings signed Zadarius Smith. You know who that is? Yeah, he was. He's, he's a good a, edge um, rusher. Line, yeah, linebacker for the Packers. Um, another one, Joe Burrow gets some more offensive line help. They signed Lyle Collins. Collins. They re-signed Eli Apple for some reason. Case Keenum was traded to the 
Bills. That's Juju signed with the um the Kansas City Chiefs. So that that is a little interesting considering they just traded a big player. We'll get to that later. Matt Ioannidis, he went to the Panthers. I'm scrolling through these looking for anything really significant. The Dolphins signed Teron Armstead, who's one of the best left tackles in the league right now. Five years, 75 mil. And the did you see the Patriots are signing Malcolm Butler again? I did see that. That that was interesting. And then something that another one was uh, that's more recent is the Chiefs are signing Marquez Valdez Scantling. Yeah, that happened today. Yeah, to make up for the loss of the fast one, the one of the best receivers in the league, Tyreek Hill. Did I think? Okay, honestly, I think the Dolphins got fleeced badly. Really? Did you see the trade? Wasn't it a first, second? It's it's a twenty. It's this year's first, this year's second, this year's fourth, next year's fourth, and next year's sixth. But that's for a player who can possibly change. Devontae, I mean, Devontae Adams. No offense to Tyreek Hill because Tyreek Hill is still an amazing player, but Devontae Adams is way better than Tyreek Hill in my opinion because he's a more complete receiver, and he was for a first and second rounder from this year. Um, but I, I think that was a fleece on the – I mean, I think the Packers kind of got screwed because if you look at their situation, they're not they're a win-now team, and that just isn't going to help them. Um, I think we'll see how good one Patrick Mahomes is because I think Tyreek Hill was able to bail him out on a lot of situations. Yeah. And we'll and we're gonna see how good Tyreek Hill is if he can really carry that team, carry that offense. So and it, now time something that something that's interesting to me now is the the Dolphins entire receiving core is all the same. They are all fast guys who get down the field because they have Jalen Waddle and Tyree Hill, who are essentially the same player. And then Will Fuller, who is another vertical receiver, but he's a little bit taller. Like, so they're all the same type of players. And it should be interesting to see who do they have at tight end? Mike Gesicki. He's he's pretty decent. Yeah, he's the only reason I remember who their tight end is is because he's Fantasy. a former Penn Stater. Oh, of course. Uh, but I'm and the uh the thing is like they're gonna have to rely on their offensive line a lot because Mike Gesicki isn't good at blocking. He's definitely only a route runner and he's not a great uh. So, I mean, they're really relying – he's not a great blocker, and they're really relying on Mike Kosicki to really take over wide receiver one duties in a way. Yeah, it should be interesting, especially with this – they brought in a new coach. So, we'll see how they do. Uh, the – but that's really been – it for the most part, big free agency signings and stuff. The uh, the Eagles just re-signed Derek Barnett, who to a two-year deal. 
honestly, I don't think it's a terrible, I don't think it's a terrible idea because they're running low on edge rushers, which I never thought I would see in the Eagles organization because they love their lines, offense and defense, but they they're running out of edge rushers. So I don't think it's a terrible signing. He's not, he's not amazing. Like he's no Brandon Graham, but it's not terrible in my opinion. He Washington, we re-signed Danny Johnson and Boomy Rotten Me, and we also signed F.A. Og- O-B-A-D-A, Obada. He's a an, um, defensive end. Practice squad players is what they sound like. Um, I think Audubon got some – he got some playing time with the Niners. Danny Johnson, I think, got some playing time. I don't know who Boomy <laughs> – Boon me, rot me is. I have no clue who that is, but that's a yeah. This something that is an issue though is Derek Barnett's discipline. This says here uh he had more personal fouls last season than sacks. <laughs> it, it, we, nice. He had he had three personal fouls and two sacks. He was injured 10 games though with a torn rotator cuff before you go absolutely destroying him for only having I was about to say he's not producing at all no 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 he he only he only played he missed 10 games or no that was in 2018 where did oh no it does say here that he started 15 games and he only had two sacks okay never mind I okay he stinks yeah that that's (laughs) he stinks I didn't realize that I thought he was injured a lot last season uh so yeah that's that's a controversial sh- signing, but I want to see. I'm going to try to pull up his uh, his snap percentages to see how much he actually did play. Because if he like, yeah, he could start a bunch of games, but says here he started 68% of the snaps. Uh, that's not great considering that's yeah. Funny. He's brought in to make sacks, and he only got two. When you have more personal fouls than sacks, that's bad. Yeah, so I – 718 snaps last season. I I feel like – I feel like, honestly, like, numbers-wise, it doesn't look great. I feel, though, that at least having him – is not terrible just because we know the we know he can rush the quarterback and he's been there in clutch a couple times but not I'm not sure how much he's actually going to start because I feel the Eagles are probably going to try to draft a D end in the draft even though you should even though you probably shouldn't because i think there's more glaring needs that your team has but they probably will i don't know d end is pretty bad we have a man with two sacks on one edge you have uh josh sweat who has a lingering knee issue since high school okay maybe you probably should and then the they had a the only the only decent edge rusher we have right now is Hassan Reddick. How much money is Derek Barnett bring, being brought uh, back on? Yeah, I'm trying to find that right now. Because if it's really cheap, then okay, low risk, 
low risk move. He'll probably just be more of a mentor role. I, I wouldn't say mentor. Still this, be with your team. This is only his second. This is only his second contract. I see wow. what they're doing here. I do like the contract though, because so let me see the uh, once I pull up the money, but so the uh, the amount isn't out yet. It doesn't say how much he's earning yet, but say, just say, for example, he's getting paid like four mil a year. That's not much considering, you know, Hassan Reddick's getting paid 15 mil. So if he's coming back on a two year, four, four mil a year deal, I don't think that's terrible because that's like a bridge deal, like an NHL where he's, it's his second contract, but he hasn't shown anything in the first contract that he needs a big contract, but he hasn't shown anything in his first contract where he doesn't deserve to play. So I like that. It's more of like a bridge deal to see what he can do. And then they'll go from there. So I don't think it's a terrible signing depending on how much money. Uh, but other than that, that looks like it's about it. Uh yeah, I think I think that's it in the NFL for free agency. When's the draft is late April, correct? I think it's mid to late. Yeah. Thursday, April 28th to Saturday, April 30th. Everybody just cares about the first day. Yeah, so that's going to be a late that's it's going to be a little bit of a long month coming up for football. But uh, going over to NHL, they had the trade deadline, which is, I think, one of the bigger things to look at, especially since the captain was traded from Philly. In a move not a lot of people are liking. A lot of people are saying you guys got fleeced. They did. I So originally when I saw it, I didn't think it was bad. Because originally when I saw it, I thought it was just Drew to the Panthers for Owen Tippett, a first-round pick, and a fourth-round pick, I think it was. Which I was like, oh, that's actually a good trade. And then I saw the full trade, uh, the full thing going back and forth. So Philadelphia received forward Owen Tippett, who once upon a time was a top prospect in the league. He was struggling in Florida, which is concerning being that he was playing with players like Alexander Barkov and Jonathan Huberto, who are both top players in the league right now. And Huberto is on a little Cinderella run to possibly win the heart. Uh, So that's a little bit concerning, but it's, they also got a first round pick in the 2024 draft or 2025 draft. I'm not sure what makes the difference. I'll try to find out. And a third round pick in the 2023 NHL draft. Florida also received Connor Bunneman, German Rubsoff, and a fifth round pick in 2024. Plus the Flyers are retaining half of Claude Drew's salary. So yeah, it was a pretty bad trade. Great move by your front office. They're just legendarily, they make the smartest moves. I don't even like, I don't know what was going on with, uh, with Chuck Fletcher and why he made that move. 
because like it's not a great it's not a great trade. I don't maybe know. Maybe it's not a necessity. I was gonna say maybe he was just trying to get Claude Giroux out because Claude Giroux wanted to be gone, or what was going on. I don't know what was going on, but yeah, it was not a great it was not a great trade overall, and I'm not thrilled with it. Uh, yeah, that's that one's rough. So, but hopefully he can go to Florida and at least win a cup. Florida is now who I want to win the cup. I, I think it'd be cool if they did, but I have a feeling that they won't. I don't, I don't know. You know, when you have a feeling about a team, you just like, yeah, they're a great regular season team, but you don't really feel like they have, are going to have postseason success. That's what I feel um, about the Panthers. Couple other big, uh, big trades uh, is I saw Domi was sent to the hurricanes. Um, Marc-Andre Fleury was traded. Oh yeah. Where did he get traded? The wild. Yeah. The wild Derek Broussard traded to the Oilers by you guys. Yeah. For for a third for a fourth round round pick. Yeah. Which isn't terrible. I'll take that. They also traded away. They traded away Justin Braun to the Rangers for a third round. Yeah. Which is also another pretty decent trade that I'll take. Uh, You know, that's picking up picks for players that you probably shouldn't really be getting picks for the caps um got johan larson for a third which i think that's a pretty good deal because right now he we got him from the coyotes and he's he has 15 points in 29 games and that's on a very bad team so i'll take that um and we also got back Marcus, Marcus Johansson, which I know people are saying, oh, that's a bad trade, yada, yada, yada. But Daniel Sprong has been sometimes a healthy scratch this year. Um, He has 15 points in 48 games versus Marcus Johansson. Have you realized that there's like three Capo Kakinens in the NHL? Yes, I have. Well, okay, you got Capo Kako. You got Capo Kakinen, the goalie, who is now – on the sharks and then there's a capo kakinen on or a capo kapanen on the penguins marcus johansson has 23 points in 52 games and that's on a very terrible kraken team and daniel sprong wasn't performing on what for the most part besides january and february is a very good caps team who is high scoring i saw a stat recently which said this year we're like eighth and total goals throughout the year. So I'm fine with that, those trades. Colorado got our Terry Lekkinen from the Canadians. For I didn't see that. They, Justin, um, Justin Baron in a second round pick. I'm not sure about that trade. Justin Braun, I think, could be a good player. Our Terry Lekkinen still pretty young. Yeah. 58 games, 29 points. Not terrible. Yeah, uh, the Leafs um, traded for Mark Giordano. Oh, I just saw that, but I passed right over it. I don't even know why I didn't trigger in my head. Uh, yeah, I'm trying to see if there's any, like, big names, but. And with all these trades, the. Whoa, 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 whoa. 
The Penguins acquired Ricard Ricard Raquel from the Anaheim Ducks. They and sent over they sent over a lot of stuff though in that. Zach Aston Reese, Dominic Simone, the rights to the goaltender Callie Klang, and a second round pick in the 2022 NFL draft. The NFL. NHL. I did that yesterday too. I was talking to someone and I kept on saying NFL draft instead of NHL. Like, hey Pittsburgh, we're trying to get this guy. Can you help us out a bit? Yeah, like that's <laughs> whoopsies. Uh, but yeah, that's pretty big. Uh, trying to see. Talked about Domi. Did you say? Uh, did you mention Hampus Lindholm going to the Bruins? I just saw that trade. I did not, and I'm pretty sure they re-signed him as well. I know they re-signed somebody. The or gave uh, them an extension. I'm trying to find the trade for. Oh, it is down here. There is so much that happened right at the uh, right at the deadline. Trots. Hampus Lindholm traded for the duck to the duck or from the ducks. Lindholm agreed to an eight-year, fifty-two million dollar contract with the Boston Bruins on Sunday, one day after the defenseman was acquired. A- average annual value of six point five million. Uh, the Anaheim received defenseman John Moore and Euro Vakinen, and a first-round pick, and a second-round pick in the 2022 and 2023 draft respectively and another second round pick in the 2024 NHL draft. So they gave up a lot for Lindholm. Well, I think they're they're right now they're win now mode because pretty much all their stars yeah, um, except I mean, for Pasternak are on the are on the down. Yeah, cuz Bergeron's 37 or 38. Who's the rat? I can't even think of his name right now. Brad Marchand, he's in Marchand, his 30s. Yeah. Uh, but he is 36 or 37. So yeah, they're, they're getting, he's not 36. Yeah. He's he's like like, 32. No, I'm pretty sure he's like 35, 34, 35, 36, somewhere in there. No way. He is 99. He's 33. Really? I thought he was like 36. Yeah, he's 33. Okay, so he's a little bit younger than I thought. I mean, that's still not young, but it's not as old as I thought. But yeah, Pasternak's still like 26. He's really young. he He might be younger too. Because the the ages, yeah, he's 25. Pasternak is 25. People in like NHL players throw my age range off so much that and Patrice Bergeron is 36, but they throw my age range off so much because they start out in the NHL so young. Like Alexis Lafreniere is 19. Oh my. Yeah, like and then you got Zendano Chara who's like 40. And he's like 45 or something like that. Zendano Chara is like 45. What the- he's he's up there. He's Oh my gosh, he is 45. I thought he was 40. No. Jumbo Joe. He's been playing since 1998. 
Wow. Jumbo Joe Thornton's 42. So yeah, like they just throw my age range off so much because the NFL, you basically like you start out at 21 or 22 and then you go until like your early thirties. Unless you're Tom Brady and you never retire. Yeah. Or Andrew Whitworth. He actually is retiring now. So. Well, he just retired. Yeah. Uh, did you see the video of him talking to his kids after he won the Super Bowl? I that, did see that. That was really, that was really sweet. Like that was heartwarming. Mm-hmm. Same with, um, there was a video of Matthew Stafford talking to his family after the Super Bowl too, which, which was another really nice one. Like his wife walked over and she's like, I'm so proud of you. And he's like, he's like, I couldn't even watch the final play. And he's like, but then once we heard, we, once I heard we won, I cried a little. <laughs> so like it, it, it was just, yeah, it's, it's, it's heartwarming on that field sometimes. Uh. But yeah, trade deadline all finished up in the NHL, which means the the playoffs are right around the corner, and teams yeah, are actually teams are going to start fitting into place in the play, in the playoff picture. I'm ready to loosen the first round. Let's see. Right now, you guys would be playing. Oh wait, let me pull up wild card real quick. I think it's the Panthers. No, Caroline. Carolina. Carolina right now, but Carolina and Pittsburgh are two points apart, but Carolina has two games in hand on Pittsburgh. And, and we're coming up like we have a, there's, if we really start playing really, really good and go on a run, we're very close to um, the Rangers. We're only a few points off of them. You're five points back of the Rangers. Yeah. Even after our terrible January and February. Well, actually, so it would be, hang on. Oh, yeah, you would be playing Carolina. So it's a close, it's really close. The The Eastern playoff picture, like, it's set, but the matchups aren't set, if that makes sense. Yeah, that so, makes like, sense. we know the eight teams that are going to make it, but the, like, just for example, for the number one seed in the Eastern Conference, Carolina is 42, 15, and 6 with 90 points. And, uh, Florida is 42, 14, and six with 90 points. But then the tiebreaker there would go into the regulation wins, which Carolina has 36, Florida has 32. Then like regulation plus overtimes wins, which is 41 and 40. So like everything's really close right now. Like I said, Pittsburgh's only two points back of Carolina. They'd be playing the Rangers. That looks, well, I can't even say that looks set because that's, not going to be said if they go up to two points so yeah i mean the eastern is just it's set but the matchups aren't set and then colorado is gonna take the one seed by a mile calgary has essentially locked in the first first place in the pacific they're six points ahead of la and they have two games in hand. LA is kind of surprised this season. Yeah, they're a lot better than people thought they would be. Yeah, that's they're better than I thought they would be. I thought they were going to be the Kopitar and Tristan Anze Kopitar he is, is box, box office. office. Box Mr. Box. Fundamentals is box office. Uh, 
but no, I mean, their young talent is playing well. Like Iafolo, he's really stepped it up. Uh, they have Quentin Byfield. Has he, I don't think he's played in the, I don't like, he hasn't played a lot in the NHL this, yet. That's why so I said they the have Quentin Byfield. I don't know if he's, yeah, he's still much, in their system, but yeah, he's definitely in their system still. But uh, Jonathan Quick is also playing out of his mind, which helps. When I first started really paying attention to hockey back in 2009 when it came up, Jonathan Quick was the man. When they when the Kings were winning some Stanley Cups, they were trading him with um, the Blackhawks. Jonathan Quick was pretty damn good. Jonathan Quick is one of my favorite goalies all time. I love his mask. I don't know what his mask looks like. Um, it's, it's a um, it's a Knights helmet. Hang on. So, yeah, look up his mask. Um, since they're the Kings, it's like a knight helmet. I'm trying to find. I thought he had played up here, or I thought he Quentin Byfield was playing up. I if oh he yeah, has, he is. Twenty twenty five games. He only has seven points though. Okay. Also, Andre Kopitar, Mister Box Office, ha- leads the team with fifty four points. Not bad. Uh. But yeah, I mean their their team still doesn't look bad. They also have Victor Ardvixen. Who? Victor Ardvixen. He I want to say he led the league in goals a couple seasons ago. What? Or no, 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 no. Um, but he was one of the top goal scorers a couple seasons ago. That's what I say. He was with the Predators. He was with the Predators. Him and uh Philip Forsberg were popping off. Yeah. 34 goals in 2018 to 2019. Yeah. That's his career high. <laughs> um, that was in 58 games, though, so. 34 and 58, that's not bad. Yeah. I mean, it's not leading the league, but it's pretty decent. The, uh, but other than that, there's nothing else going on. The Caps are – Close to making a run to being a top three seed in the uh, division. Yeah, we had a setback against the Blues. wasn't a great game, but I think we can come back, especially with the additions of Mojo and Johan Larson. Mojo, he pretty much knows the system already because he's only been like two or three years removed from the team. Johan Larson has been playing very good with a crap team, so hopefully he can step up his production. I was sitting there thinking, who's Mojo? And then it triggered that it's, it's his nickname we gave that he got in washington uh but yeah so i'm excited to see the playoffs take shape now i i want i am too i want the avalanche in the west to make it and then florida in the east um i don't think the i don't i don't think the abs are because like i said i think they're the west yeah, coast caps i don't think the abs will but i want them to like because the something that you you want to see in uh, something that you want to see in a playoff team is like a big defensive team, and they're not very big defensively. So like they're they have Kale McCarr and a bunch of guys who can score, or like just two way defensemen, but they don't have any like big enforcer defensemen. So yeah, I don't know how much they'll. Uh, how much they'll actually do in the playoffs. Maybe one or two, maybe a round or 
two win, two round wins. But yeah, I don't know if they're going to get to the cup. Yeah, I don't think they are either. I wouldn't mind St. Louis going either. I've I don't always, want St. Louis. I don't know. I don't, I mean. Since since Braden Shen got traded to St. Louis, I've always had a little soft spot for St. Louis. They just do nothing for me. Uh, so, yeah, but uh, playoffs are going to start taking shape, which is exciting. And it's less than about 20 games away. First week of – or. Uh, it's probably about three weeks into April now with uh, with all the COVID stuff that has to get rescheduled and all that. So, yeah, right now teams are about six. A lot of teams have played around 60 games, so 20 more to go. Yeah, between 60 and 65. And Ovi, he could, he could get to 90 points. I would like to see him get to 100, but I don't think he will because right now he is at – 76 i believe yeah it's gonna be hard to uh the final day of the season is friday april 29th barring any setbacks yeah right now ovs 76 games and 63 games played so if they go on a run he could definitely get to 90 uh but with that i think that's really it in the nhl could talk about baseball a little bit finally yeah um so it looks like the washington nationals are teasing a pink cherry blossoms uniform which is that's i think that's long overdue for a washington team to have a cherry blossom inspired jersey because one thing about dc especially around this time of the year is cherry blossoms are a big staple especially if you go near the national mall so i think a Cherry Blossoms Nats uniform could be a nice little change up. Okay, now hold on, not to be rude or anything, but uh let's talk about some real news and let me tell you something. Um, this is not a lot. What do you what do you mean? The, not a lot you, for the Nats. I mean is oh, probably gonna yeah. bat second, which is I, cool. I'm talking something that actually is big in Nick Costello. No defense. Dude, Nick Costellano is signing with the Phillies. That's huge. I did see that, but like your defense is going to be strange because are you going to try and push one of them to the infield? That's, like, that's like, are you going to try and push somebody like Castellanos into the infield somewhere? All right, so here no, that's no, going to no. be okay. difficult. So here's what I think they're going to do. So is Bryce going to play center? No, no, no. I don't think so. So here's he's the best defensively though. This yeah, this is where it gets weird. Uh. So they obviously it also depends on it depends really on one player and that's Bryson Stott because he's like the biggest uh he he's the number 2 prospect in the system right now and he uh is he an outfielder? No, he's a shortstop. I know that doesn't make sense on why he makes a difference, but I'll explain it to you. Okay, so I think I think the way the outfield is going to be lined up is uh Harper and right Herrera in center and then Castellanos in left and then you put Schwarber Schwarber and then this is where things get a little sticky is at the infield because when you didn't have Castellanos you could put Alec Bohm or Didi Gregorius at uh at DH and then you have the other one play third base but now with that you have so Hoskins is obviously going to be first base Gene Segura second base now you have and it's actually now a four-way race. 
I saw earlier today because Johan Camargo has been playing really well in spring training. So you now have at short between shortstop and third base, you have Bryson Stott, Didi Gregorius, Alec Bohm, and Johan Camargo. So and Alec and Alec Bohm, his natural position is first. So what I wonder is since you have so many players like that, if you'll try and develop a trade package for a starter or some relief pitchers, because it seems like you have too many players that's in so actually, few positions. That's not a bad idea. Trying yeah, I to think trade that, Alec Bohm. Yeah, I think Alec Bohm, you could get a decent starter because Bohm, he's been playing out of position for pretty much his whole time with the Phillies. And especially if he can get his bat going, then he'll so, look like a pretty nice trade trade asset. Well, his his hitting is actually his strong suit as opposed to his uh as opposed to defense. His, yeah. Yeah, defense. And especially um, if I can take a little more step up, then you could definitely parlay into a decent starting pitcher considering that's definitely gonna be your weak spot this season. But yes. And so, possibly defense outfield defense. Possibly. It's hard to look at who's going to be starting. Uh, But also, Didi Gregorius only has one more season on his contract. So... If you don't trade him, I cannot see you re-upping him, considering you just had the prospect. Yeah, considering the prospect you just mentioned. Uh, Especially since Bryson Stott is supposed to come up this season... So say just for argument's sake, say he doesn't. So you can then put Didier Gregorius at short, Alec Bohm at third, and Bryson Stott say he's like either still in the system or he's a just like a a pinch hitter every once in a while. So then you have a you have him come up next season. So I mean, for argument's sake, just say he doesn't play the season. That works out better for the team, but uh. Like I said, Johan Camargo has been playing decently in spring training, so he's starting to put up a fight for third base with Alec Bohm. So the it's a good problem to have, honestly. And uh, there's worse problems to have. Yeah, the they could definitely they could definitely fight for first first place in the division. It's going to be rough though because. The Mets I, pitching is absolutely nasty, and the Braves yeah. roster still looks good. Yeah, I think the Mets or Braves are going to be one and two, and then Nats we're going to be last. Let's let's be honest with. I don't. With this, see, I don't but. think. I mean, I guess the Mets do have pretty good hitting. Yeah, like I think their team is going to be, it's going to be pretty nasty because you have pretty almost two guaranteed starters or two guaranteed wins almost. Yeah, every every series because you have a uh, Max Scherzer and Jacob Degrom. But wait, who's the who's the Phillies pitchers or Mets pitchers after that? I need to look that. Um, I need to look up their whole depth chart because I know they've made some signings and I think oh, they might need to trade. I just need to figure it out. I was just gonna look at their uh their pitching. They have Carlos Carrasco, Chris Bassett, Taiwan Walker, Tyler. Ma- Megal, David Peterson. Oh, um, their bullpen, they have Diaz, Lugo, Ottavino, Trevor May. This is it's not a bad bullpen. I think yours is worse. They still have um for their bats, they still have some decent ones. Pete Alonzo and Dominic Smith are good. Jeff McNeil, 
They have Eduardo Escobar, Lindor. They Stalling Marte. That's the guy they recently got. This CBS MLB says they project the Mets to be third in the NL East and miss the playoffs. I what? Projected starting lineup: Brandon Nimmo, Starling Marte, who is old. He's uh, old, but he's still good. Francisco Lindor, Pete Alonso, Robinson Cano, another old guy. Mark Canna, Eduardo Escobar, Jeff McNeil, James McCann. I want to look at here. We go. Projected rotation: Degrom, Scherzer, Chris Bassett, T- Taiwan Walker, and Carlos Carrasco. Interesting. Stalling Marte's only 33, considering I'm pretty sure Nelson Cruz is almost 10 years older than him. <laughs> Nelson Cruz just hits though. Yeah, he's he don't he don't play defense. Yeah, he, he's not playing. Yeah, Nelson Cruz is 41 years old. Uh I'm trying to pull up his I don't see any any stats on Chris Bassett. I'm on baseball reference. Oh, game log splits, maybe? Oh, wait, this. No splits for Chris Bassett in 2021. That's not a good sign for them. Was he injured? Well, it says in 2021, he was 12 and four with a 3.15 ERA. So that's pretty good. Yeah, that's decent. Uh, Taiwan Walker, if I recall correctly. He's a decent player, nothing schnazzy. Well, you don't really need – you have two superstars. Chris Bassett just came over from Oakland and Taiwan Walker. You just need him to not mess it up. Not suck. Yes. Which is essentially what the Phillies are going for with their starting rotation. Pretty much. It yeah, said no. he was an all-star this year. Or last year, I what is he? Was he pitching half relief? Is what I wanted to know. But on his baseball reference, it says he was a all star this past year. Huh. All right, so maybe it's not. That's really what I'm worried about. Is their pitching? Or, the Mets. Like yeah, just how the, not like not like worried about in a bad way. Worried about what they're going to do to other teams with their pitching. Oh, 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 I thought you yeah, meant like worried as in they needed more or something. No, no, what no, I'm no, no, worried no. about, I think their offense, considering yeah, how bad Francisco Lindor has been over the past two years, I think that could be the question mark about this team. Taiwan Walker last season went 7 and 11 with a 447 ERA. I but saw I'm- that, which was why, why that's why I'm confused why it says All Star. Oh, oh, it said that for him. Mm-hmm. I thought you were saying it said that for Chris Bassett. I don't know about Bassett. It's not even like he's young to uh to like now nah, he's just and Edwin Diaz who is still a pretty decent reliever or a closer. Um, he's had some really bad seasons. I'm not sure about that. Well, Tristan, you remember that big comeback the Nats had against um the Mets? Edwin Diaz was one of the pitchers who gave up some runs. Apparently, he has a knack for doing that. He may be yours. Um, he may be the Mets. Um, who's the reliever you hate? For the Mets? No, for the Phillies. Who always bullies? Hector Neris? 
Yeah, he may be the Mets Hector Neris. That would make sense. Uh, but yeah, overall, I'd say the Mets pitching is definitely their strong suit, but I don't know if their hitting can hold up. Yeah, it should be interesting to see. They're they're going to need to see some step-ups from some players. So I think, I think honestly, the Phillies are making a push for at least second in the division. It's possible. They might not win. I think they could make a wild card. You with, should make a wild card. With an extra team in the mix now. I think they can make a wild card. Yeah, I don't think you're going to do much after that, but you, I think you should make the wild because card. Also the, be a disappointment uh, not to. Their pitching, their starting pitching is pretty – like it's not Mets good, but it's – It's a poor man's Mets rotation, it's, if that makes any sense, because you have two supposedly good starters, and then you have two, this, two decent – decent ish guys after that and then a nobody you know what's really big after you know what's really uh really gonna make a difference this season is if Aaron Nola can return to his ace type pitching form he needs to if you guys want to be successful Zach Wheeler can't do it by himself and we saw at the end of the season Zach Wheeler was a lock for the Cy Young but then he started to fall off the last part of the season I because Zach Wheeler was has a two had a two seven eight ERA last season. Aaron Nola had a four six three. He should not be pitching a four six three. And he I know people. And I know people nowadays are trying to say, "Oh, ERA is not that important." Yada yada yada. You're the pitcher. You're supposed to limit runs. That's what you're brought in to do. I'd say it's also kind of a defensive stat, but it's not like. Not as much as people. It's kind of like the goals against average for goalies. Like you have to take it with a grain. I think that's a little bit different, but I understand what you're saying. You have to sometimes take it with a grain of salt. Like it's not, it's not entirely on the pitcher because it is somewhat of a defensive stat, but it does not as much as it is for hockey. I think. Yeah. Uh, but I think Aaron Nola should be pitching under three. At most, I'd say like a three one five, three two. I'd say under three five is what he should aim for. Yeah. Um, because your offense should be able to win you some games, especially because you have you have, like have like five. five yeah. You have Schwarber, Hoskins, Castellanos, Harper. Why am I blanking on, on, on Oh on. yeah, maybe I was JT Real Muto showed He's a, of being a power hitter last season. He's um he should go he's for more an on base kind of yeah. RBI guy. He shouldn't really try and hit for the fences. He should why. try and aim for a high average. I guess I was just thinking the entire outfield was uh power hitters, but Adubo Herrera is not. He's definitely a contact guy. Uh but Zach Wheeler, ace, Aaron Nola, potential type pitcher, Ranger Suarez. He's coming out from the bullpen from last season, and he showed glimpses of being really good. Like yeah, he, he starts, he was starting good, and they, I give props to the Phillies management because they didn't throw him in for five, six innings in his first couple starts. They eased him in, they gave him two innings to start, and then three, and then four after a little bit, and worked him into it. And so I want to say he, I want to say he pitched a couple games where he was pitching six innings. So yeah, and then your bullpen happened. 
yeah, the bullpen needs to be fixed. And then the other, the other two, Zach Eflin, who's another guy that should be hovering around three, five at ERA. He's not a bad pitcher. He should be playing better than he is. I want to say he was injured a lot last season though. He should aim for under four. And then, yeah, like I said, he should be hovering around three, five. And then Kyle Gibson is that pitcher that you just need not to suck. Yeah. He's more of a location guy. He's not going to like blow you away with the stuff. He's a ground ball pitcher and location guy. Yeah. He's as long as he can give you a decent four to five inning start, I'd be happy. Yeah. That's the way I look at it. But other than that, I mean, it's spring training. When does the, when's opening day? Like two weeks. Opening day. Yeah, I think it's like two weeks or something like that. April 7th. So, yeah, I think that's two weeks. Mm. I'm excited, and then the season will start to happen and remember that, remember how badly we suck. <laughs> yeah, I two saw... weeks to the day. So, I'm well, excited. Well, see a... I'm excited. that's going to be good. Huh? If the Nats want to be good, we're going to need to see a step up from players like Victor Robles. He he said like that the past two years have taken his joy. He really needs to step up because his hitting has been woeful. Sometimes it looks like it's one of us up there at the plate. No plan, just randomly swing. It, it's been bad. He's great defensively, and he's got decent pair of legs on him, but his hitting stinks. Um. Carter Keyboom has to do better. Yeah, yeah, we're really going to need to rely on Cruz Soto and Bell to really kind of carry us, and Josiah Gray is going to need to pitch lights out. And Strasburg is going to need to stay healthy for once. What's your so, What's your early early prediction on standings? I say Braves, Phillies, those two make the playoffs, and then Mets, Marlins, Nats. Braves, Mets, Phillies, Marlins, Nats. Well, Nats, Marlins. I think we'll the Nats will be like a solid seventy win team. Look at watch the Marlins come out of nowhere again. I know they did that in the COVID year. They were great. That's probably because there were only sixty games and not one hundred and sixty-two. They still were good, and they no longer have Derek Jeter at the team, so their team can be fun again. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm excited because the Phillies have potential, but I feel like I'm saying that every year, my teams have potential. And just, <laughs> ah, nah. You've had potential ever since like the 2009 season. No, you know what's, you know what's weird? Okay. Every season I'm saying about all, every team, Flyers, Phillies, Eagles, they have potential, they have potential, they have potential on paper, their team looks good. And then the one time that I expect the team to be absolute trash, like this season, I was like, okay, Eagles are going to have five wins at most and they make the playoffs. Yeah. It shows why that we're doing this in our rooms, not professionally. We're, I mean, like, but it's not like I would just chair analysts. I would go to say like, there were other analysts that were actually saying like, the Phillies look good. Like the Eagles looked bad. They well, there's that. analysts saying that Washington was going to win in the division. I've already seen some analysts say that right now. Oh, that's rough. 
I don't trust anything before like last I like I said I predicted the I predicted the Rams were going to win the Super Bowl before the season even started and uh the and so one of a guy that I work with he's like all right give me your this was before free agency before everything he goes all right give me your prediction right now and I go what do you mean? Like, I haven't seen anything happen. I don't know who's going to sign with who, who's going to get drafted by who, like, I need to see that at least. So yeah, it's, it's one of those situations where you have to see what's going to happen first. And you predicted the Gene Segura leadoff Homer. That was so somehow funny. I was that so was mad so about funny. that. You just looked, I, you guys I got jinxed like- that game because it was like, I think one, two, three were coming up. I said, I'm fine if they hit a home run. Just don't let it be. I would have been two, three, be, four. Yeah, it was two, three, four. I'm like, don't let it be, Bryce. Guess who hits a homer? <laughs> yeah, right. we were like, I don't care if Reese Hoskins hits a home run, just as long as Bryce Harper does it. Not Bryce, not Bryce. And then if he, I looked back and watched that homer, it was right down the middle. Um, <laughs> but Josh Bell in the previous inning or the next inning hit a really good homer. And I like Josh Bell. I hope he stays with the team. I have that homer saved. But that was a great game, even though I, we, I, I think I kind of jinxed it. Yeah, that was a really good game. A five-four. And Hector Neris, when he came in, there's a Phillies fan behind us. We were <laughs> along, screaming. We were on the le- We were on the third base line. Pretty much, the camera guy was to the right of us. Um, we were really close to their dugout when Hector Neris came out. He was screaming, "No, not this guy, not please, him!" Like anyone else, please, just not this guy. He didn't give up anything though. But who was starting pitching that game? I know you left him in too long. Yeah, you guys left. I think you you left. They left him in, in too long. They yeah, he was in for seven innings. I want to say, and he should have left in the middle of the sixth. Because he was like, I don't think he, they may have let in a run, but he was starting to get people on base. No, I want to say he gave up a home run. He might have. It doesn't matter. I mean, it happened last season, but yeah, they yeah they do need they do need to figure that out this season. I'm glad you brought that up. They do need to figure out when to pull their pitchers. Yeah, they really need it. Joe Girardi. He needs to work on that. Other than that, I mean, they played pretty well for the most part. Yeah. Well, I mean in that, yeah, I just mean in general. Uh but yeah, it's I'm excited though. Two weeks. And they they open up weird too with a weird like they open up with like a West Coast team. The Phillies the Nats, open up with like the Diamondbacks or something. And the Nats and Phillies only have two series against each other, one at home and one at Philly in October. Like it's I'm pretty sure the it's the last se- um series of the season uh the phillies first series is against the a's like that's such a weird why yeah i know that's such a weird uh such a weird opening we open up against the mets it seems like marlins open up against the giants the Mets open up against, yeah, open up against the Nationals. And the Braves open up against the Reds. So, yeah, it's kind of some weird scheduling. Well, maybe because COVID in the last few years. The we- lockout. I feel like the lockout messed something up. 
that messed up a lot of things. Oh the, yeah, you know what? That's what it is. The they did cancel the first two weeks of games. Weeks. That's what it is. So what should be what should have been the starting uh, series got pushed back. That's right. Yeah, but I'm pretty sure they're playing a full 162. I think. Yeah, they said they're playing a full 162 with a full playoff uh, for format. That's good. Yep. But with that, I think that's all I got. Anything else from you? I got. All right. So with that, we are going to end it off there. You guys can follow us on Instagram at BL in the DC, where you can DM us and questions and comments. You can email us at BL in the DC at gmail.com. You can rate us on Apple and Spotify. And with that, we are going to end it off there and we will see you guys next week. See you.